0: Well, congratulations to uh, all of our uh, graduates. It was uh, great to just uh, uh, see that video and know that uh, we're with you and celebrating you. So as you move into this next part of your life, know that you are not alone and uh, we're excited to be the church with you. So we start this new series. And in this new series, uh, we're going to title it The Upside-Down Ways of God, because there are a number of these things, uh, particularly things that Jesus says, and they they just seem like they're upside down. They kind of break conventional wisdom. So we're going to go through this series and look at some of these different things that Jesus says and try and unpack them a little bit and see what they mean. So this morning... Uh, We're going to look at this first thing uh, that Jesus says. If you have your Bibles, um, turn to Luke, Luke uh, chapter 17. And, uh, you're doing that? You can pull out your bookmarker that's actually your mask. Um, And here's what uh, Jesus says. This is Luke chapter 17, verse 33. It says this, Whoever tries to keep his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life will preserve it. So like when you read this passage, the first thing that it begs is this idea of like, how do you protect your life? What, what do you do to save or protect your life? And right off the bat, he says like, lose it. And so it, it like becomes this kind of like upside down way of thinking uh, about this, how to protect your life. So I, I think it's very, uh, I don't know, apropos, if that's the right word to use, to think about Uh, protecting our lives, especially when we're like in this time that we're in right now. And it occurred to me that for decades now, we have all been watching movies uh, that surmise what people would need, what they would hoard, what would become most important in some catastrophic moment that the whole world would go through, right? So think about this for a moment, right? So we're kind of going through this, and now we know but think of the movies you've watched, right? The movies—it's like people will hoard uh, oil or silver coins or you know water whatever it is. But now we know—we know what would really happen. You know what everybody goes for first? Toilet paper. Yeah, toilet paper. We will stand in lines for for toilet paper. We will we will uh, pull those off the shelves uh, right away. So. In this weird way, what's most important it seems like uh, to our culture right now, toilet paper, right? Who would have thought that? Like that would have been a weird moment in any movie if that would have been the thing that all society was going after. Um, But you know, it also occurred to me uh, that this is also true. If we were to, I don't know, let's say we were to ask a thousand people, uh, what is most important as we navigate all of this? Probably, probably no one would say toilet paper, right? Now, I'm not saying it's not important, because apparently it is very important, okay? And I'm not arguing with that. But is it the most important thing? And I think most people would say, you know, I'm not thinking toilet paper's the most important thing. It's important, right? But not the most important thing. And yet, there was like this you know, crazy drive uh, with everyone going to the stores and buying up toilet paper and stocking up on toilet paper. In fact, uh I was at the store a few days ago and there was still no toilet paper on the shelves uh, yet. Like we're still stocking it up uh, as, a, as a world and as a nation in here. Um, and this is what occurs to me about this, is that while I think we would all understand it's not the most important thing, sometimes we can kind of treat it like it is. And, and not just true of this. I think maybe it's easier than we realize to treat something as one of the most important things when it's really not. And, it's, uh, and I'll make this point. It's harder than it seems to live out of what is most important. And even if it's something we want to do, it can be hard uh, to do. And if you think about this, uh, this, I think, applies back to what Jesus is saying here. So if you look back at this passage here, um, I think it's important to think about the aim of what Christ is getting at here. So oftentimes when I'm studying a passage or the preaching team is looking at a passage, it's important to understand what is the aim of what Jesus is getting at? Because if you can understand the aim, and by the aim, I mean, what is the movement that Jesus is trying to create in you and in me? What is it, is he he trying to get us to understand something? Is he trying to create a change of behavior or a change of insight here? And when you look at this passage, when he says the one who tries to save his life will lose it, I don't think what he's trying to say here, right? His aim is not that God sees us as just being lemmings and we better not value our lives too much or God's gonna just like take it away from us. Actually, I think Jesus is pointing us to something far deeper in this passage. And and here's what I believe Jesus is doing with this. I believe Jesus's aim is actually to try and help us to live a life that is out of what we desire most. Let me say that again. I believe Jesus's aim is to actually help us, you and me, to live more and more out of the life that we would truly want. And by that, what I do not mean is like a shallow life. I don't mean just like, well, you know, God, just give me really easy circumstances, take away, you know, hardship or difficulty. And like those say, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the life that you were created for. Because I think that's the life we desire the most. It is a life that actually uh, like supersedes our circumstances. So like, what is that life for you? How would you want to live your life beyond whatever circumstances you might have? In fact, let me ask this question. If you, had to, if you had the power to change one thing about how you're living your life, what would it be? Because sometimes there are things that we really would wanna change in life, things that we see and we're like, man, like, I wanna live in a different way. And have you ever noticed how sometimes those things that are super important to you can sometimes be the most difficult things to change? So like, what would it be that you would wanna change? And maybe what Christ is getting at in this passage is maybe a way to actually change that, maybe a way to live this out differently uh, here. So I want you to think back on this passage. If you look back at Luke 17, verse 33, he makes this statement, right? Whoever tries to keep his life will lose it. And I want you to think about, so... What is he trying to get at here? And the the Greek word here for keep, uh, it can mean to preserve. Like, what are you doing to try and preserve your life? Uh, It carries this idea of like whatever. Like, what are you focusing on in your life to try and preserve it? And I think that what Jesus is getting at here with this is this idea here. It's possible to focus on something in a way that causes the very thing you're trying to avoid. I think what he's saying is, you can try to focus on preserving your life, but you can actually actually focus on that, you can put energy and effort on that in a way that actually causes the very thing you don't want it to cause. Let me give you an illustration of this. So uh, when I was way younger, Um, I uh, had a number of motorcycles when I was real little I had some dirt bikes and then as I got into college I had uh, some street bikes and I was able to take this uh, training course uh, one time, and I think I was still in college. And it was just like an afternoon, and there was this trainer, and he just got like a handful of us. And one of the things uh, that he wanted to train us on was how to how to avoid objects in the road, whether it was a pothole that would uh, create a huge problem for you as a motorcycle rider, or whether if something you know like a brick or whatever it was in the road. And uh, when he talked about that, like. I perked up. Like, I took particular interest in this because it was only a few months before this that I had, let's call it an incident. On the road with my motorcycle. I was uh, leaving my house and as I was uh, leaving, uh, the the street that I lived on had like all of these dips. And behind just like one of the dips where I couldn't see it, it was probably like a work truck or something had, had driven by and a great big chunk of angle iron had fallen off the truck and in the middle of the road. And angle iron, if you don't know, is like two feet long and it's just like shaped like an angle. That's why it's called an angle iron right and it's laying in the road i didn't see it until i just come like right over the 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 edge of the dip and there it is and like and you see a great big chunk of steel in the middle of the road and you're on a motorcycle like that is a bad deal and like i fixated on that thing i desperately wanted to miss it i did not i hit it and i mean instantly my uh, motorcycle went all uh wonky jawed which is a, a highly technical term when you're talking about riding motorcycles, right? When, you're, when, you're mo- when your motorcycle goes wonky-jod, right? And I got bucked partway off. I'm hanging onto the handlebars, and I'm like like this, and managed to pull myself forward, get back on the bike, slow down without crashing. And uh, th- that was not due to skill or anything like that. It was just dumb luck, okay? It was, and maybe a guardian angel, I don't know. <clears throat> but uh, I after that like i became fixated on like like making sure that i was looking for and wasn't hitting objects in the road because i came so close to a really bad crash in that moment so this instructor right he starts working with us about how to miss these objects and he had all these cones laid out in a parking lot and you know we're driving around them and everything and he laid out this little green or a little uh, orange marker on the ground and said okay i want you to practice avoiding it and immediately All of us, like nine times out of 10, every time we'd go like around the corner, we were kept nailing this thing that he said to miss. And what he explained was, was he said, so here's what's going on all of you are trying to focus on the thing that you're trying to miss. And here's what happens when you ride a motorcycle is as you focus more and more on that thing you're trying to miss, everything in your body and the way you lean the bike and everything, you focus on that thing and it's just like, you, it, like you're a guided missile and you just go right for it. And I so experienced that in that thing. And so his challenge was, um, he said, you've got to not focus on the thing that you're trying to avoid because there's this thing that goes on. The more we focus on something, the more apt we are to like hit it. And so like I think about this and there's like an application to the spiritual life, right? There's this thing that what we focus on is the thing that like everything in our being is gonna be guided toward that thing. And we probably all have things in our life about how we're living life that we would want to live it differently, that we would want to avoid, whether it's, it's getting hooked or becoming angry in a conversation, or whether it's a moment where we're relating to someone and it's just it, and we notice something about how we're living, we just say, I wanna avoid that. And yet, isn't there this truth that maybe the more we focus on that, the more we just steer our lives like straight into that thing. And I think part of what Jesus is getting at here is that if, if you put a particular kind of focus on your life, trying to make your life what you want it to be, what you think it's created to be, but you can focus on it in a way that actually leads you to the very thing you're trying to avoid. So what is the thing in your life? What's, what is the piece of angle iron that you keep running into day after day maybe it's in your marriage maybe it's with being a parent maybe it's that thing that just hooks you but you find yourself running into that thing again and again and again and this is where when I think about this this is where jesus just shows the brilliance of who he is in this this is why i just i love what jesus teaches in this so what i want to do is i actually want to go and look at this same lesson that jesus teaches but in another passage Um, this lesson about the one who wants to save his life will lose his life is taught in all of the gospels you see it in these different places and oftentimes the different gospel writers will nuance some different things with it. And so for this next part, I want us to look at it in Matthew because Matthew brings out a couple of things that I think are worth looking at. So turn with me uh, to uh, Matthew chapter 16. Look at verse 25. So Matthew chapter 16, verse 25. Here's what he says. He says, for whoever wants to save his life, right? We remember this from before, will lose it. But whoever loses his life for me will find it. And so there's a couple of things that he adds uh, in here that get nuanced that, that I wanna point to uh, in this. And the, the first thing that I think is important in all of this um, is this idea that he comes back around, right, the, the first part is if you if you overfocus on the wrong thing and trying to preserve your life, it like with the wrong kind of focus, you're gonna lose it, right? But now there's this second half and he starts off with this thing, but whoever loses his life, right? Which again, this seems like this upside down thing. But friends, here's the brilliance of Christ. Because what he's doing is he's lifting out this particular kind of truth that, that, I, that is so important for all of us to get. And it's this, life and growth of the most beautiful kind never happens without loss. Let me say that again. Life and growth of the most beautiful kind never happens without some kind of loss. There's never a resurrection without a death. There's never the beauty of childbirth without birth pains, right? I think about graduates, right? We're celebrating you guys, and it's like there's never a diploma without the sacrifice of nights studying and all the effort and energy that you put into it. Like, it's just, you don't get one without the loss of the other. And this is so true in our spiritual lives, right? There's a part of this where there's a kind of death or a kind of loss or a kind of letting go that must occur, right? So I think back to that instructor uh, that Was teaching us how to avoid those objects. And part of what he was saying, right, is this thing of like, you can't focus on the thing that you want to avoid. You have to let go of focusing on it. And here's why he walked us through that exercise because there are moments, right, just like when I saw that piece of angle iron on the road you see it and there it's important right in avoiding it is important there's something that you're gonna see something that you feel and everything in you is gonna want to fixate on that thing and all your energy and all your focus is gonna go on that thing but there comes a point where you've got to let go of that that's what he's saying you you you're gonna have to let go of some things because it's not until you can let go of that that you can actually begin to hang on to something else. Or in this, uh, the illustration of the motorcycle, think of it this way. As long as your focus is on that thing in the road that you know and should avoid, your focus doesn't get to go on the clear path of where you're actually wanting to steer that motorcycle. Or for you and me, until we let go of some things things that maybe matter things that are important we can't put our focus on the life that we truly want to live and again by that uh, think of it as that life that you were created to live the life that god looked at and said i made you i created you i want to shape you towards that life because in the end I think that is the life that you and I as human beings, that is the life we actually desire in our hearts, and our minds the most. So here's the thing, here's the point I wanna make out of this. The life you are meant to live will require some letting go, right? There are just things that we as parents or as teachers or as coworkers or neighbors or friends, things that we're gonna run into that, that just, that stir things in us and we're going to have to find a way to let go of some of those things so that we can look forward to the next thing. And you know, I know that even as I say that, that's hard to do, right? It's really easy for me to just say, well, you know, gosh, when, when, when that thing that aggravates you so deeply uh, just is there, uh, just let go of that. Like, like, don't worry about that. Stop stop being fearful. Stop being angry. Stop being, like, I can say those things. But the reality is, and I know this for me, because there are things that I want to do and be as a parent, as a spouse, as a friend. And just because I can know that it's one of the most important things I can do in how I live my life, it's hard because there's always that thing that hooks me. There's always that thing that wraps my mind up in it. There's always that thing that creates feelings or emotions or other beliefs in me that that pull it that other direction. And again, this is the part where there's this brilliance to what Christ unpacks in this short little verse, this short little saying It becomes so important to us, right? So the first thing he said in the second half of this is there's gonna be loss. There's gonna be things that we have to let go of. But notice what else he says uh, in this passage where he says, um, uh, uh, but whoever loses his life for me will find it. Like there's this beautiful thing that he says here, right? And the second thing here, and it's, there is something to find. There is is an image, there is something we have to see of that life that we need desperately. We must have a vision of life more beautiful and more compelling than the pain of the loss of what we face. That whatever it is that as we try and move forward in loss, we're gonna, or in life, we're gonna feel that loss. But here's the thing. We have to have a vision of a life that is more beautiful, more compelling to give us strength beyond whatever it is that we feel or mourn in what that loss is of what we might end up giving up. And I think about that picture of that life. You know, Jesus... Jesus was constantly painting this picture of this life that he had for us. And he would tell these parables. He would tell parables about feasts that were beyond people's imagination. He would say, the kingdom of God is like this. And whenever he talked about the kingdom of God, he was talking about this idea of um, what life and relationship was uh, with God. And so as he would unpack these things, he would just give this beautiful picture. He would talk about fathers that had this kind of unfathomable love uh, for their kids. He talked about finding pearls and buried treasure. He talked about workers who barely worked a few hours and yet they were paid a full salary. And he just kept painting this picture of this magnificent life uh, that we were meant to have. And it just pulled people in. And without that picture, like there's nothing to pull our eyes up off of that thing we're trying to avoid to see where we're wanting to go. And I guess I would ask this question. Do you have a picture? Do you have a vision of the life that God has for you that is so compelling, so beautiful, that like in your darkest moment, it gives you hope. When you're in the midst of your worst fears, like it just, it causes you to want to love other people. Maybe in the moments where you are exhausted, It infuses you like with a sense of purpose. Do you have a vision for a life where like uh, in moments where you just want to give up, like you're like lifted up by this picture of what it would mean to have life with Christ that even when it seems like you are all alone, like air fills every nook of a room. There is like a love from God that loves every single part of you, no matter what. Because friends, like that vision of a life, that picture, that is the thing that will compel you and pull you forward and allow you to let go of the thing that maybe inadvertently would hold you back. And I think what Jesus is pointing to in this verse is that, and it is there for you. That is a vision of life that Jesus has for you. So when Jesus says, and if you look back at Matthew 16, but whoever loses his life for me will find it, like that's finding it. And friends, that's why I can say, like with all of the confidence in the world, um, and make this point, The life you want most is in Christ. That's our deepest desire, right? Whoever loses his life will find it. And there's this little phrase that he has in here, which is this other nuance that Matthew pulls out that is so good. Whoever loses his life for me, for me. And he's talking He's talking about having that life that is in him and for him. Part of what Christ is doing here in this text is he's pointing to this. It's it's like a kind of challenge. He is challenging us to do the thing that he has already done for us. Like think about Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. And there's this thing that he lets go of. There is this loss, this pain that he faces. But he does it so clearly because he has this kind of love for humanity. He has this kind of love for you and me. There's this life that he wants for you and me. And it, like, it empowers him. It pulls him forward to let go and to even face the difficulty and the pain of what he faced that night in the garden. And he's saying, that is the thing that I'm inviting you in because as you let go of that and see the greater thing, like, like that is when you get to experience life. It is to find a way to let go of maybe the good thing or the important thing to grab a hold of the most important thing. Now, let me just walk through just a couple of things because maybe you're sitting there going, okay, how do I do that in the most practical of ways? So let me just roll through a couple of practical things here in all of this. Um, And the first one is this. Um, If you're watching this, and you're saying, okay, I hear you talking about this relationship with Christ and what that means and everything, and I don't know that that's really me. If, you, if you've never experienced what it means to actually take this kind of step of trust in becoming a follower of Christ, here's what I would challenge you to do. Uh, reach out to one of our online hosts and just ask them about it. Just whatever questions you have, because I know they would be like more than happy. In fact, you will make their day, okay? Just ask them to uh, to maybe understand that better because for you that next first most beautiful step is to actually take that step of trust in becoming a follower of christ now two other things here that i want to mention first when you think about this process of having this vision for this other kind of life that would pull you forward this life in christ Uh, The thing that I love about what Matthew says here is he says that you will find it. In fact, when we were meeting about this earlier uh, in the week, uh, we as the preacher studying this and working on this, one of the reasons we wanted to end on this passage in Matthew is is, uh, very much for this reason that he talks about. It is a life that you find. And the connotation there is there's like a discovery process in this that this is not something that you're just gonna like walk out of here and go, okay, so I just need to just have a vision of my life with Christ and then I'm good. And I'll just like snap, poof, I've got it. Like this is like a lifelong journey. And it's a journey of along the way, tapping into Christ, you begin to discover it more and more and more. And so what I would say is like give yourself a lot of patience. Give yourself time to go on the discovery process of understanding more and more what that compelling picture is of 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 the life that Christ has for you that will pull you forward. Now, third thing in this um, is actually tapping into. That reality uh, with Christ and think about it in this way there is Christ is in you if you are a follower of Christ his spirit abides in you and there's something for you to tap into in all of this uh, and and maybe a way to tap into that in a really practical way uh, first would be this uh, in fact and don't worry about trying to do all of this right now like later this week you can go and do this okay um, think through what is it that caused you to want to follow christ in the first place and maybe that was a year ago maybe that was 20 years ago whenever that was like sometimes sit down and think through like what was it that actually caused me to say i'm gonna trust christ with my life right because that is no small thing and here's what i would imagine there were some qualities there was some character traits of christ there was something that christ did that you looked at and you said that is amazing and that is compelling to me and as you think about what it was that just sparked that first love you had for christ i'm willing to bet that there were some things that you were seeing in christ that drew you to him that the reality is what is what jesus is saying is i want to incorporate those in your life like those beautiful things maybe those are things that Christ is actually trying to infuse and pull into your life. And that be, and that seeing that, saying, I want to be more like who Christ was that pulled me into a relationship with him. Like it just becomes a way of identifying those things that might be that beautiful thing. Um, uh, another thing you could do is um, maybe think through uh, like a story with Christ uh, in the in the New Testament that really inspires you, like what, like think of, and maybe think about that for just a second right now. What's what's something that totally inspires you about what Jesus did? Okay, and if you say, well, it was like raising Lazarus from the dead, okay, so you're not gonna go do that right now, okay? But right, think about something that Jesus did that you see in Scripture that inspired you. What if that thing that Jesus was doing that inspired you is actually part of what Jesus is wanting? you to be. And by the way, even when I think about Lazarus, you know, and Jesus raising him from the dead, maybe there's something that you can do that is life-giving to someone else. Maybe there's something that you can do in this world that is so life-giving. Maybe not the same as raising someone from the dead, but maybe there's some words of encouragement Maybe there's a way to sacrifice. Maybe there's something that you do that actually does that. Let that become the vision for moving you forward. Let it be the vision to move you forward in the little things and in the big things. Maybe in your marriage, there's something that hooks you. Maybe, right, it's like that feeling of just like, you know, you get into an argument, I like, gotta be right. And it's just, and that becomes that thing in that moment that you focus on most but what if you could let go of that moment and have a vision for something greater? Like a marriage that has peace or a marriage where there's love despite disagreements. And, and it's not that you won't have disagreements and it's not that it won't be difficult, but what would happen if you could start living and thinking about where you really wanna go and what's most important? And you just might find that you're able to start letting go of some of those things that you've been trying to let go of for years. And you actually start becoming more and more the person God created you to be because you have more and more of a vision of a pathway of what is pulling you forward. Because in the end, what Jesus is saying, right, is those of us that if you lose your life for his sake, you'll find it. And I hope that every one of you day by day start finding that life, that life that you truly, truly want to live more and more. I'm gonna close us in prayer here, but let me just say this. Uh, to any of you who are just kind of visiting us online and, and uh, checking things out here, it is so good to have you uh, with us here this morning and just hope that this was a time to bless you and uh, and to all of you who are a part of this. Uh, blessings on you. Let me close us in prayer. Father, we just thank you uh, for the wisdom of your son, Jesus Christ. And we thank you for, all that we get to read in scripture and we pray that as we go through this series that week by week we'll come to understand the life that you have for us in an ever deeper way that actually moves us changes us transforms us more and more into all that you created us to be and we pray this in his name amen